Welcome to Prickly and Blooming, hosted by Jesse Browning and brought to you by LaJoy Society. At age 35, Jessie theoretically adored her life. She was a mama to four children and owned multiple businesses with her husband. But without an ability to cope or care for herself, an isolating darkness crept in. Through reckless self-care, therapy, and lots of candor, Jessie found her joy again. She has created LaJoy Society to embolden others to do the same. Each week, we will meet a woman who has an authentic story to share. Undoubtedly, Jessie will be sharing her big heart, unusual life, and countless theories with you along the way. Now, here's Jessie. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Laura Wall with me. Hello, Laura. Hello, Jesse. Hello, everyone. <laughs> um, and Laura is my first in-person interview. I'm sitting here looking at Laura right now. <laughs> <laughs> the magic of technology. We actually can meet in person. I know. <laughs> <laughs> or stepping you know, back from technology, not doing it through a computer screen. Um, so uh, Laura is someone that I met here in San Angelo. And I'm going to read her bio because it's so perfect. And it's um, I love that you have a short version and a long version. Like... You're like, I'm a professional, and here's my bio. Here we go. <laughs> so nobody can say it better than, than this. Laura Wall holds certifications in coaching, personal training, nutrition, and emotional healing, but considers herself an intuitive healer who addresses the whole person, mind, body, heart, and soul. Through her hard work, speaking, teaching, and coaching, she is passionate about empowering women to live out their divine potential, embracing their truth, wielding their superpowers, love it, and chasing their joy. Wow, you got me there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Laura, welcome. I'm so delighted to be part of the Joy Society. Yes, I the, 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 your last sentence in your bio about finding the joy is, is exactly what I, you know, hope that people get from this is that um, to find your joy, though, and this is what the story we'll get into, is you've got to deal with your pain. absolutely yes absolutely yeah pain is usually where it starts unfortunately Mm -hmm. to be able to get um it's almost like a bridge to the joy yeah um 100 so we will at the end of course talk more about what you do now and the services you offer and where people can find you um so i think we should just start with your story okay where did you have a moment where you said this cannot be my life Absolutely. (laughs) It's crystal clear in my mind. It was like a really bad movie. Um, So I'm from Austin, but now I live in San Angelo. Um, And the start of this story is I am driving out of this town, literally looking in my rearview mirror at myself, bawling my face off. And it's the ugly cry with the snot. Mm -hmm. uh, And looking in the rearview mirror at San Angelo and asking myself, am I leaving my town? Am I leaving my business? Am I leaving my marriage or is it all three? Right. And I was in such a place of deep emotional pain and panic attacks, anxiety. Um, you know, there's not a lot of straight thinking during those types mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. All I was seeking was comfort and relief. I just wanted relief, you know. So I was heading towards the place that I felt like was most loving caring comfortable and that was the ocean unfortunately i was broke (laughs) or fortunately i was broke so i only got as far as my other place of comfort which is my hometown of austin texas so as i was uh driving there i was able to make one phone call to a dear friend who'd always offered me her home and she was out of town traveling and so i went to her house and i spent several days there 
trying to get a handle on what the hell this thing was because I was so desperately unafraid. Uh, uh, I was so desperately depressed, you know, fearful, um, angry. Uh, I mean, there was just so many emotions coming out and they, it was just, you know, it was just a giant, um, mess that I had and I couldn't sort it out because I hadn't, um, I didn't have the capacity to in the state I was in. So the first couple of days didn't look like anything organized whatsoever. Uh, the most organized thing I did was I went to Walgreens and I bought myself a t-shirt and I bought myself a set of index cards uh, because I had, I basically packed my technology, my phone and my iPad <laughs> and one change of clothes. Yeah, I also bought some chocolate uh, at Walgreens and um, I went to, uh, I brought all that home and I, I, I couldn't speak to my husband. I couldn't speak to my sister. You know, all of my family, is, texting was pretty new. They couldn't get a hold of me. So they were trying to text me. Some of them didn't have the capability, but I, I couldn't even answer the phone because I would, I knew that I would completely fall apart and I would have those choking sobs. So there, I couldn't even communicate. Mm -hmm. I was that shut down. Mm -hmm. So I just held on until I could get to a point where I could speak. And I reached out to a very dear friend of mine. Um, we've, uh, quote unquote, talked each other off the ledge mm -hmm. multiple times. And we went to a place in Austin. Um, it's called The Steeping Room. It's a tea shop that has food. It's delightful. Uh, mainly women there. Mm -hmm. We jokingly refer to it as the weeping room because oh, we go there to process a lot of things. We've had a lot of joyful moments. So there's happy cries there. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a, a site of tragedy. Oh, my God. I want to call it Steep and Weep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like a stitch and bitch. I feel a like you've got a new weep. opportunity for uh, your coffee shop yeah. that you're opening in the yeah. corner. Maybe oh have a little God, area. This is the steep and weep section. Or even a, a meetup group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like a stitch and bitch. Like a steep and weep. We're going to have tea and somebody's going to... This will be. Dang it. I knew okay. Michelle and I should have trademarked that yes. sucker. Okay. But no, we give it yeah. to you freely. Yeah. No, we no, give no. It to you're going to be part of this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I can help with the steeping yeah. or the weeping. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she... Um, she did the most loving, kind thing that a friend could ever do. And that was, she didn't fix. She didn't look for solutions. She, and again, the, this, the phrase holding space for someone has kind of become part of our vernacular where it's very normal now. I had no idea what that was like, but she, and I don't know if she did either, but that's exactly what she did. Um, there's a really beautiful uh, part of Brene Brown's TED Talk that got um, made into a small cartoon that explained the difference between sympathy and empathy. Yeah. So what I thought I was wanting in that moment was sympathy. And what she did was empathy. She crawled down in my hole. Mm -hmm. She didn't stand up on the top like, hey, hey that uh, if you need anything, give me a call, friend. Mm -hmm. She didn't you know, try to put a ladder down there and help me get out. She crawled in that hole with me and she sat there with me through my pain, through my tears, through my stories. And we just, my visual image is, you know, I, I had a big bag of tangled yarn and we just pulled it out and set it on the table and looked at it together like, yeah, that's a big knot. <laughs> yeah, that's frayed over there. Yeah, and she, she was really kind of the turning point in terms of me being able to, I, I know now from being a nutrition coach and a personal trainer, 
settle down my nervous system a little bit, like um, not having to be on alert anymore, just kind of like, and I think also when you're in those kind of states, there's, um, there's an inherent shame mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was raised on the, um, be an independent woman, yep. pull yourself up by your bootstraps, uh-huh. you know, uh, walk uh, it off. Walk it off. Yeah, the Joan Collins shoulder pads, power suit. You know, you need to have your shit together and nobody needs to see any the of the mess. Uh, and so it was such a relief, I think, to let all of that out and finally realize, you know, that once I did, that it was possible that something could change. I couldn't really believe it at that moment. Um, and then over the next couple of days, I leaned into just whatever felt good mm-hmm. and again not in a big bingy way i mean i don't know to some people it might seem bingy that i basically ran away from home for a week yeah. <laughs> from my husband yeah. from my business from my family uh i left everything behind for a week and tried to quote unquote find myself but really i think it was save myself yes uh-huh. i had to stop and save myself yeah. and the uh, I remember distinctly staying at my friend's house. She's a very organized, tidy person. She has a beautiful home. It's very aesthetically pleasing. Everything has order there. And my act of rebellion was I got a giant chocolate cupcake and I got in her beautiful bed, that guest room, that had white, white sheets. And I ate that sucker. <laughs> Crumbs everywhere. Crumbs everywhere. And I was just like, you know, as, I was like, oh, I'm a terrible guest. And I was like, screw it. Like, this is where it's at. Like, this is what There's I need a today. Machine. It'll right. Be fine. I'll buy her more. Well, I don't have any money. But right. yeah, I was like, whatever I have to do. Yeah. Um, and then the next week, there were, I, I feel like it was really divine guidance that dropped things into my head one step at a time to help me slowly move from that that deep well of pain and to start to on my own climb one step up and be able to see some light um and so i i just remember with those three by five cards like i didn't know why i was buying them like they're pretty they're pink ones and yellow ones and green ones and oh, purple ones yeah, pack, yeah. totally so i was like what the hell is this for because i wasn't a journaler at that time and you just happened to pack just grab this pack yeah i was in walgreens like they i said pretty they're pretty yeah. yeah i needed a shirt i needed yeah. chocolate and by god you need three by five right. five cards when you're in emotional pain for, for sure. some reason 100 <laughs> percent so yeah, the pretty ones, not the white ones. No, yeah. no. If you're gonna go through healing, you need pretty. Yes. Uh, well, See, I, I certainly do. Yeah. <laughs> so I got those, and I remember um, finally one day asking, just in my mind, and it was probably the first time I actually had a dialogue with myself that wasn't judgmental and hateful and mean and all of that. But it was kind of like, what the hell are these for? And I heard a little voice that said, "Go to the water." And I was like, I can't go to the beach. Like, I'm broke. I don't have enough gas. And so Austin has a beautiful river. Mm -hmm. It's got a nice trail with lots and lots of people on it. Mm -hmm. But it was midday and midweek. And so I went down by the water with the three by five cards. And I just picked out a color and I started there. And again, I asked a question. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these? And I heard write down everything that you love to do. And I was like, well, but some of the things I'm not good at, it says, doesn't matter. Write out everything you love to do. 
And so one by one, each card, I put one word or one phrase. And and again, it wasn't a speedy process because I, I think my head was pretty jammed up with a lot of garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of like, um, like a really bad garage sale, like you're sorting around trying to look for the one gem. Mm-hmm. It was a slow process. Um, I used music. I had um, a very soothing playlist on. And it seemed as if I was in my own movie. So I, the songs that came were, again, almost like the angels were in charge of the playlist. It was the right song that put me in the right mood, very soothing. So I would write something on the card, and then I would look up, and I'd watch a leaf fall into the river and then gently float by. And then a new idea would come, and I would write something on the card, and then I would kind of look around and... Here's someone walking down the trail with a happy, happy dog. And the dog would like give me that eye contact. And I'd be like, yeah, awesome. And just little moments like that. And my mood started to shift and the ideas started to flow better, mm-hmm. you know. And it just felt, it felt like time was suspended and I was in a magical place. And I feel like, I feel like the divine guidance I'm looking back now was kind of like, hey, hey. You think you think your life is over? You think this is the end? No. There's so much more. Mm-hmm. There's so much more. You just have to go slower. Yeah. You just have to look around. You have to stop. You have to stop. So that park bench and I uh, became really good friends over the next couple of days. Because when I kind of ran out of ideas, I asked, what do I do now? What about the other colors? And they said, that's enough for today. And again, being a task-oriented, check-the-thing-off-the-list person, <laughs> I wanted to check it off the list, damn it. All the colors, we've got to finish this process. Correct. Like, and then what do we do with the cards? And right. do they need framing? And do we need, yeah, should it be hung on the wall? So, um, yeah, so again, my guidance was very good um, to stop me when I'd had just enough. And so this continued over the next couple of days, and each day I would work with a different color. So was this practice something that was totally, like, had you done stuff like this before? The only, uh, the, no, right, <laughs> blah, 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 no. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I can even begin to liken it to was an article I had read. Um, no, that article I read afterwards, no, no. Uh, to me, it was it was a gift that was given yeah, to me. Yeah. It was a gift that was given to me when, when I was in a really bad place and and I think also it was it was basically the first sign of my intuition, which to me is your connection with the divine. It was the first time that I ever stopped and checked in with my my intuition. Like I had it so turned off right. um, that I had to come to a screeching halt to be able to tap back into it. And again, I think the, for me, um, because I'm very aesthetically oriented and beauty oriented, I think all of the, the things that I got guided to that were so soothing to me, um, that helped set the container so that I could see and hear, you know, what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, the exercise that God, the universe, divine guidance, my higher self, however you want to look at it took me through is actually something that I now use with my I was clients. That. I, was I absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's, some there's multiple phases. Yeah. 
So the, at the very end of doing the cards, and again, I came to kind of a natural end, and some of the cards were still blank, which again, as a you know perfectionist at that time, I was that was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. They're not all done. Mm-hmm. And again, I asked like, well, what about these? And they said, there's more answers to come. I'm going to solve it this yeah, week. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to solve it this week. So the last part of this process, um, I had scraped up enough money somehow. I don't remember if someone loaned me or finally I talked to my husband and he said, do it. Um, but I had just enough money to drive to see my sister. And my sister's eight years my junior, but it's almost like we're twins. There's a lot of sinking of the minds. And she was in law school, very stressful time, but I just I needed her. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really asked for her help before. So I drove up there and basically kind of shared with her where I was at. She'd seen it. She'd come and visited me when we had our business. We had a um, an event. Uh, business. So I did event management, weddings, uh, rentals. Um, we were the full circus. Tents and all. Yes. And there were a bunch of monkeys in my head. Um, and so she'd already seen kind of the craziness. That was my life of 80 to 100 hours of work and getting up at four in the morning and not eating, not sleeping, not caring for myself in any meaningful or sustainable way. You know, I had no, I had kind of abandoned my friends. I, I wasn't really focused on developing any friendships. I wasn't, um, you know, there was there was zero self-care, much less there was very poor basic care. Mm-hmm. Because again, the lesson I'd learned from childhood and, you know, my culture was go hard, mm-hmm. go hard all the time. Mm-hmm. Keep pushing. Mm-hmm. If you're tired, push through it. If you're sick, push through it. And I did all those things to my own, <laughs> my own detriment. Definitely. Yeah, I tell people, I'm like, yep, I broke myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it. Woohoo, success. So, um, so yeah, she'd seen all that, that madness when she'd come to visit. And she sat down. I showed her the cards and um, sat down at a coffee shop uh-huh. with a nice big table, maybe a little, a little steep and weep right, moment. Right. And... Um, uh, or brew and stew, perhaps. Oh, oh yeah, I know. Okay. I can do. Yeah, we can do this all day. Totally, we can yeah. do this all day. <laughs> and I gave her the cards, and so she took them very gingerly and started arranging them. Okay. And so here I got another person's input on my process. She arranged them kind of in two areas, and she looked at him and she said to me, "She said, your brain is exhausted." And I said, "Uh huh." She said, over here, these are all your right brain activities. And she said, and look how many of them there are. She said, now over here, are your left brain activities, you know, things that were more creative. Mm-hmm. She said, and there's not a lot of them. She said, but you're having to switch back and forth between these areas all the time, and it's wearing you out. And I was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. yes, thank you, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> She also, the second thing she did was she reshuffled them and then she arranged them, um, kind of a, a mind map kind of thing. And she put them out on the table in front of me and she showed me the connections between all of the, the things from the cards. And again, there was five different categories and some of the cards were on the outskirts. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was worried about those because I I cried a lot to get through those. I was like, what about those? What about, why, why are you paying those separate? Why are those in a different pile? Why aren't they with the rest? She said, those aren't important. 
She's and I was like, what? what? It's all important. <laughs> but she was right. They they weren't that important. Like she had like a core of what was really important to me, and then she showed tangentially how things all connected. Right. And again, it's almost like she mapped out joy <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and discarded a lot of pain. Uh huh. You know, or or suffering yeah. or causes of suffering mm -hmm. and um you know it's really the first time that i i i think that someone actually gave me permission to not love every single part of my life <gasps> and not have to do all the things i'm good at when they don't give me joy i'm really good at bookkeeping <laughs> and paperwork and now I know it fucking steals my soul. Yeah. And I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. Not to a large extent. Extent yeah. I will do it for a purpose. Right. Your personal. And, you right. Know, yeah. and, and now I'm to a healthier point where I'm like, what's the workaround? How do I not do per paperwork? Mm -hmm. Can we do it digitally? <laughs> you know, what's a creative way to get around it or delegating it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or telling people no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always that, mm -hmm. and I think that that was probably something you weren't um, trained in as well. It was mm -hmm. yes, right? It was yes, I can do it. Yes, I can. Do oh, it. absolutely. You know, as I um, well, I was gonna say the third piece of the puzzle was coming back home, reconnecting with my husband. Um, this is someone who watched me for many months consider methods of suicide. He'd hidden all of the guns. He'd locked them up. Mm -hmm. he, he taught me how to shoot. I had a handgun in my nightstand. That one was missing. He was extremely concerned about my pain and suffering. And like many people on the outside of someone in that situation, they may not have the emotional tools, the verbal skills, the understanding. He had no idea how to help me. And that that's one of the things that grieves me to this day mm -hmm. because... It hurts me how much I was hurting him, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he did the very best he could. So I got a few of those pull yourself up by your bootstraps yeah, <laughs> type yeah. pep talks, yeah, yeah. which aren't really peppy, yeah. you know, when you're depressed and searching for your life purpose. That's not useful. But again, that was he was doing his absolute best. Yeah. So when we reconnected, I showed him the cards as well. Uh. And basically there was one group of the cards uh, the very last ones that I did, and it was, um, what, what do you need right now that is going to help you move forward? Mm -hmm. And some of those things were having a meal with him. Like, we needed to put that back in our routine mm -hmm. because that's bonding, that's talking, that's shutting the world out, that's us reconnecting. Mm -hmm. And so I showed him some of those things and again, some of those things were hard for him to accept. Um, you know, like he was trying to take some personal responsibility for my emotional state. Right. And some of them were, you know, later rolled out as being difficult because, you know, as I did start to set some boundaries, um, he was left holding the bag on yeah. some things sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, God love him. He is an absolute loyal, devoted supporter of Laura Wall. Mm -hmm. And um, he did clean up a lot of the shitty mess um, because I I was, you know, I think of someone that like goes in the hospital for pneumonia. Uh -huh. And then when they come home, they still can't, they're still not 
fully healed to be able to do all the things they do. Like they get winded, they get tired easily. And I feel like I was kind of like that. And I think he saw me as being somewhat fragile. And so he did it. He knew what he could do finally to help me. Yes. So yeah, his love language is acts of service. And so um, if you imagine uh, a castle, I was in the castle, you know, the drawbridge was up and then he was the sentry. He was the guards. He was the wall. And that's our last name around me, protecting me from anything. So, you know, if there were financial problems, he didn't tell me. Yeah. Um, If there was, uh, you know, something going on with our business that was shutting down an angry client, he wouldn't tell me. He'd try to figure out how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, I didn't appreciate that as much as I could have because it felt like he was not communicating with me and I wanted more communication. I wanted more details. Right. You know, my people-pleasing perfectionist needed to know. But um, he, I guess, innately knew that that was the best way he could serve me was protecting me from getting reinfected right by that world by that thinking and it seems like he was ready for that role when you were ready for him to do it yes he was kind of waiting in the wings right ready for you to kind of embark on that chapter yeah we had we'd partnered in this business he wanted me to take the lead Mm -hmm. he's a natural leader as well and i think um that was part of our difficulty in the business was even though we each had clear roles there wasn't a clear lead. There wasn't one person that was really leading. Mm-hmm. And I think that was hard for both of us. And so I think when I fully stepped back, he really could fully step forward. And I was allowing it. I was embracing it. I was appreciating it to some extent. Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we got to, you know, the moment and then you've have come back and we've talked a little bit about how you got to this point how you got to the car driving mm, away mm-hmm. you know i mean it was a business and it was just feeling completely disconnected from everything but is there anything else about that time that you want to share with us you know it kind of did an over is there any more you want to talk about and then and then we can get into you know the joy part you know but is there anything sure. else to mention from that time yeah, as I look back, mm-hmm. um, you know, I at first was really upset with myself and putting myself, making myself wrong a lot and blaming myself. Um, but as I look back now, I see that what I chose for myself in that business was the absolute perfect thing for me in terms of a life lesson. It was a catalyst. Um, so I had come from a home of introverts. Mm-hmm being an extrovert. Um, I had, you know, taken in a lot of lessons and um, from the world around me. And again, at at that time, the way that you got seen and noticed was by performing and by perfecting. So I was in things like dance, you know, I was in things like debate and drama. Um, And so there was, I, I think, because my family was not able to connect with me, um, I had an older sister who was handicapped. My mother gave her a lot of care, and then I had a younger sister behind me. So, you know, my perception was, um, I think at that time, was trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of developed that skill set. Um, and then adding to it, my mother was, during my teen years, an alcoholic. She's now recovered. So, you know, what I understand from being an Al-Anon some is 
I developed some really good coping skills, mm -hmm. which was the P's. It's performing and producing and people pleasing <laughs> and pushing <laughs> and prodding myself along. So all those P's got developed. And so what a better place to really roll them all out than an event business with the very best client you could ever have that's super emotional, um, on a deadline, concerned about money with a huge circle of family and friends who have an emotional vested interest. So those are all people that are, you know, not all of my clients. I had wonderful clients, let me just say that. But there were a few and overall there are constant demands mm -hmm. and there's constant emotion behind that. So I chose people that um, had terrible boundaries. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I had terrible boundaries. Uh -huh. So all I did was push, 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 right. and try to please. Opportunities to perform, opportunities to perform, opportunities Absolutely. to produce, opportunity. You put yourself in a business right. that reinforced your everything, everything I already knew. You already knew. Yes. Uh -huh. Because I think sometimes you have to to break the habit, it has to get really broken or burned down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. or burned out. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the whole burnout process is to finally get you to stop. Yes. Yeah. Um, depression, not clinical depression. I'm, I don't want to get out of scope here, but I think repeated bouts of depression, looking back at, the, at those throughout my life, you know, they're miserable. You're in a very dark place. You, you can't believe in anything. You don't even believe in sunshine or light. But there are benefits to that slow down or depressed state. And, and one of those is sleep. Mm -hmm. Your body puts you into the sleep period mm -hmm. and and inactivity. Mm -hmm. It's it's regaining energy. And again, depending on where you are in your head, it may be the time to reach out for help or tap into your own divine source or figure out this shit has to stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do no more of this. Yeah. Yeah. How do we turn this crazy bus around? Mm -hmm. Or maybe we need to get off the bus. Yeah. Maybe we need a different vehicle right. to go maybe through life. Maybe we need a boat. Maybe we need a train. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I see that I set myself up in a good way to be in just the right place to show me that all of those tools and skills that I had developed, I was using them to my own detriment. So a strength that's overused becomes kind of a weapon. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I I am grateful, so incredibly grateful for every single one of those clients. All of that, that business, it brought everything to a head. It has forever changed my marriage in a positive way. And, you know, in all of the muck and all of the things that I didn't really want to do and all of the stress over money and the fear, part of what I see when I look back is all of the joy. Mm -hmm. and all of the highlighting of new skills that were coming online because I had to perform. Mm -hmm. And so the places that I found there in my business, that brought me joy. So I got to see a lot of, um, you know, my creativity come back to me. As a kid, I was such a creative person, and it gave me some clues as to which way to head after the crash happened. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So the crash happens. Mm -hmm. How long did you incubate in the crash? Like how long did you? Ugh. How long did it take you to feel the? Listeners, I just made a. I want to throw up face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how long? Yeah, until you were able to come back. 
like physically. It was a very, very slow rebuilding. So part of the rebuilding process after John and I had that discussion, um, I stepped away from the business. He continued to run it and he was going to shut it down. Um, And I did. I started to move into some things um, slowly that felt right. Mm -hmm. And the first one was um, actually Zumba Fitness. Oh, I love it. I had a friend who kept telling me how great it was. Mm -hmm. I needed to go do this, and I. I decided I needed to just move my body. I needed to do mm-hmm. something. It wasn't about like weight loss or I wasn't thinking like stress relief per se. It was more like I need to get out of this freaking house and go somewhere else and be around a different group of people. So I started going to Zumba fitness classes. Um, they were offered twice a week. I'd usually, I made the deal, you know, go once a week, made the deal with myself. And the feedback I got from my mom one day is what kind of clicked things in, like, this is a good thing. She said, did you just go to class? And I said, mm-hmm. She go, I said, why? And she goes, well, when I've talked to you before, I can always tell in your voice whether you've just been to your Zumba class or not. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I, I, start, I was like, oh, like a shift in my mood. Like, I finally got that feedback loop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it was kind of my gateway drug in a way to feeling better. Um, from there, I explored some Al-Anon, which I had resisted for years. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't need it. Um, I know how to manage life. Um, and once I did some Al-Anon, super helpful because it was a non-judgmental, non-religious framework about how to take care of you and quit being a victim, take some ownership, and um, quit worrying about the shit other people do in right. general, yeah. which is really useful. Keep your eyes on your own paper. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So some, some Al-Anon. And then I kind of had this epiphany that the best place for me to go mm-hmm. really was back to Austin. And that had been in the very fine print of my marriage contract. Mm-hmm. My lovely husband said when we moved here to San Angelo, because I wasn't really excited about it at the time, mm-hmm. he said, if it doesn't work, we can always move back to Austin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I worked on needling, cajoling, begging, pleading, and finally moving there myself and at that time I separated from him because he was in a very rough place by then and what I wanted for him was the same thing I had for myself or I was on the edge of which was being happy healthy and whole yeah and I I specifically remember expressing that to him like you got to figure you out buddy and I really thought that he would sell the business sell the house get rid of all the crap and then come join me in Austin. That was my vision. So I never had any any idea in my mind that we would divorce. Mm-hmm. We were just going to be separate for a little while. Well, a little while turned into a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I tried to take the pressure off him. He was managing a lot of financial problems we were having as a result of the business, including nearly losing our house. Mm-hmm. Um, IRS came down on him. Um, yeah, like he, he there was a shit storm yeah. for him. <laughs> and he tells the story, which I won't tell his story, but basically he said that God told him, Boy, I'm gonna you're not paying attention. I gotta give you something to do. Yeah. And he did. He had a lot to do. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> so we were separate for a year and a half, and during that time, um, I worked on caring for myself in a 
holistic way, but also providing for myself. And that was all based on my faith. So I started teaching Zumba at my church at that time, and I decided to give it away because it had what had kind of helped heal me. Because there, in my very first Zumba class that I went to, the way I knew that I was supposed to be there was I was dancing and I wanted to go to the bathroom. And the song came on. I was exhausted. You know, I, I had no stamina. I was in I was in the baggy clothes in the back row, questioning the two left feet and questioning my life choices. Like, why am I in here doing this to myself? Um, and I started to go to the bathroom. And then the song came on that was so good that I couldn't. And pulled you right back in. And I was, you know, in my own head at the disco with my girlfriends feeling really fantastic. And I started to feel a feeling in my body, in my mind that I couldn't identify. And it started welling up in me. And I just kept asking, like, what's going on? What is this? What is this I'm feeling? And I finally identified it. It was joy. I was I was gonna finish your sentence. Yep. It was joy bubbling up in me. Uh And by the end of the class they do like a cool down and the song that was playing i'll never forget was it was called love never fails and i cried through that whole song because i felt like i felt like joy had died Mm -hmm. you know i didn't know if i'd ever see it again Mm -hmm. and i felt so loved by a greater force at that moment that brought me back to joy Mm -hmm. and i was like okay this Zumba is my new drug. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. So I took it with me to Austin and tried to spread the gospel of Zumba. And uh, same kind of crazy things happened. So like I was, I, it took me a, it took me six months to talk my church into doing and I had to write a business plan. I had to write out why I thought it would be good for women. I had to go and research the science of happiness and <laughs> exercise. And I wasn't a trained fitness professional at that time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, I sat down with one of the associate pastors and I was like, dude, what is it going to take for me to give this to the women of our church? And he's like, well, you know, we have a nickname for you in the back office. And I said, what's that? And he goes, Laura, who runs through brick wall. I was like, oh, being my last name. Well, I was like, okay. I said, well, yeah, I said, I'm I'm not going to stop until we can do this. Mm -hmm. So the first night that we had the class, I set a very simple intention like, I just want a couple of people to show yeah. up, <laughs> a couple of bodies. And um, they they came and they kept coming. There were so many that came. We had to literally throw open the doors to this room and people were dancing down the hallways. The room was so full of energy and people that wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And again, that was kind of my first clue, like, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one mm-hmm. that feels like what's more. Mm-hmm. So I developed a business there in, in Austin um, where I would rent dance studios. I set up classes on my own. I started using Facebook was really new and popular at that time. Mm-hmm. I started using that to network and um, set up a website. And I basically was kind of like, I don't know, like a like a gym membership so people okay. could buy a membership to my classes and then they could go to any of my classes I was offering at any of my locations. So yeah, you would you would have set up different locations. You'd be out like maybe on Tuesday you're at this yeah. place or you know, yeah. Wednesday at this place. Yeah. Cool. Like a roving 
yes, yes. Yeah, I so was roving. <laughs> so, but because it's like instead of being at one spot, yeah. like set up in a gym or something. Yes, you would be like, I'm going all these different places. Yeah, and it was really because of my students. Like, uh-huh. I didn't think about doing it for money at all. Right. I just wanted to give it away. Yeah. And then it was my students kept saying, "Well, we want more of this. Where, right. where? where else can we have it?" And I said, well, let me figure that out. And then when I came back to him, I said, I can rent this place, but I need this much money. So I'll do this many classes for this much money. And I think I needed, I needed like enough for a deposit and I needed enough to cover um, the rent. And I think I needed like 250 bucks. And uh, like I sent out an email to everybody. And the next day I had like 260. Right. Like just enough covered. Yeah. And I was like, let's do this thing. So um, that took a lot of pressure off of him that I was able to sustain myself. And um, I call it my coffee and banana days. So I was very, very excited to be able to like go to the grocery store and get, I'd get milk and, co- and bananas. That was kind of like my staple breakfast, mm-hmm. super healthy, <laughs> pretty good, honestly. Yeah. And, um, and then I was so excited when I had a dollar fifty-two extra to be able to go and sit and have one cup of coffee in the morning before I would go and teach classes. Like to be able to pay for a cup of coffee and have that time alone just was like a treasure. Mm-hmm. And then I got it down to a dollar forty two because I started taking my own cup. I was oh, pretty over the moon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, that was there was a pretty good long separation there. And again, I say separation. I would come home and see him. Um, things were pretty frosty for a long time. I started to see changes in him and changes in him and changes in me. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that I was learning was how to support someone while they were going through healing. Uh-huh. Because I wanted, again, people-pleasing, perfectionist, loves details and checklists. Yes. Um, have you talked to the bank? Have, what, did, what, did the, what did the lawyer say? What, I wanted to ask all these questions because I wanted security and safety. And he couldn't give me that. He was trying to protect me from knowing that. So I had to take things on faith a lot. Yeah. And I had to learn how to give him what he needed, which was respect. Uh-huh. I had to give him unconditional respect and honor his own his process of how he was going to undo a lot of things that he slash we had done. Right. So it sounds weird, but during the separation, I feel like our marriage actually got rebuilt in a different way. And sorry, this to me is one of the most Mm -hmm. beautiful things about this process was I knew he always wanted me here and home, but he never, ever pressured me to stop what I was doing. He always allowed me to continue to live in my joy, Mm -hmm. to continue to do what I was passionate about. He never put restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. He never put his needs above my own because he saw, I, I know he saw me getting healthier and happier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was never like an ultimatum. No, he was like, you've got to move back by this time. No, I never, ever heard that from him. And, you know, I'm so grateful. You know, what if, what if you'd had pneumonia and someone comes to you and says, in three months, we're running the Boston Marathon by God. Right. You know, how would that affect your healing process? It would be. You would be freaked out. It would probably set you back. Yes. So I was living in a 10 by 10 room with a friend of mine who generously um, allowed me to stay there for a very reasonable rent. I was able to create some income and start paying her. I had my dog, Poe, with me a lot. That was my little uh, little angel that kept me pretty happy and going to parks and doing some things that are natural to self-care now. Mm -hmm. 
but I had so many <laughs> helpers around. Uh, so yeah, when it came time to come back, I had again that voice that said, I kept thinking, oh, I have to go home. I have like, right. like I've got to go back to that. It felt like a toxic place. Yeah. Yep. But what I heard was, the place is not the home. Like your home is with him, with your partner. And so I remember calling him. I remember starting to look for people to replace me on my classes. Okay. And yeah. so I gave away my cla- classes that were built up. Yep. And I brought in instructors, and I made sure they were a good fit. And then I, I gave my people to a new leader. Right. And I knew this leader was going to love them and care for them and delight them. And continue on. And continue on. Yeah. Continue on. So that felt super good. And I didn't really tell him I was doing that until it was pretty well in place. And then I remember telling him around March of uh, 2012, I said, um, it's time for me to come home. And I think he was really startled by that. Right. <laughs> I think he wasn't sure what all that meant. And what I didn't know on his side was that when I left, I think he was in such emotional turmoil. He didn't really hear my intention or that I believed that we would always be together. He believed at one point that we would divorce. And again, it breaks my heart to think that I put him in that suffering. But again, I did not. We are each responsible for our own thoughts and choices. And those are the things that lead us to thinking and becoming, you know, obsessed over something and suffering. So, um, and maybe that was the best motivator for him to clean things up. I don't know exactly how his mind works. Um, As we say always about our husbands. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, May of 2012 is when I came back. And I... I feel like that from that point to now, the last eight years has been just a slow, steady rebuilding of myself in many different ways. Um, You know, I am a freaking self-care ninja. (laughs) (laughs) I've not heard ninja. Perfect. Perfect. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like you you come in the middle of my coffee time, I'm going to get out a knife. Yeah. Um, I have a me first program. You've heard of me too. Yeah. I have a me first program. So, um, and, and, and my people, the people in my very, very innermost circle, they know do not screw with Laura yeah. before 9 a.m. Yep. Don't call her. Don't text her. Don't interrupt her meditation. You know, don't get in the way of her, her coffee or her protein shake. Like you're going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, all those that are in that inner circle very lovingly are respectful and sometimes they do break the rule you know the rule but because we have that depth of relationship that's okay too because i now i know there's other ways i'm going to get self-care and uh, there's other ways that i'm going to take care of myself so yeah there's there's been a lot of rebuilding uh on all fronts internally for myself externally for my world as well as all of the relationships that I had set on the shelf, including my own marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, it, this is a different day and space you're in today. What, like, what do you do with your time now? I know you have businesses, and <laughs> this is all dovetailed. You know what I mean? Your personal work is all dovetailed into professional work now. Absolutely. And it's all like in synchronicity together. So yes. Tell us yes. how the, this all happened. <laughs> the good old your yes. mess becomes your message. Yes. yes. I just Absolutely. bought a t-shirt from a woman who sells um, t-shirts and it's based off the message in a bottle. So oh. you buy a t-shirt and if you pay for $8 for shipping, it comes in a bottle. 
So like it's your message Ooh, in a bottle. Nice. Yeah. And hers is your mess is your message. Mm-hmm. Oh, and her, the shirt I got is um it says try and do, but try is scratched out. Oh nice. Yeah. You know, that's old, fantastic. Do or do not, there is no try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so good, old, did, good old Yoda. Yeah, good old Yoda. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we got a, a Star Wars reference in here good. for are some you, of the nerds. Are you a Star Wars person? I am a Star Wars classic person. So what that means uh-huh. is I've watched the original mm-hmm. and a couple of them, but I've gotten lost and I'm not sure which one to watch now. So I'll watch any of them, but I do need someone alongside me like, okay, who's this and how are they related to Han Solo kind right. of thing. Right, always come back uh, to them. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I stood in line wrapped around the building of the americana theater in austin texas to see star wars opening day with my dad it's like burned etched in my memory like okay i was i was one of those people amazing memory Mm -hmm. amazing and so many spiritual lessons in those movies right so many (laughs) oh my god i mean the force is with the force always yeah the the dark or the light you know it's all oh my god yeah what are you gonna choose and the force is strong with that one yeah yeah someone comes at me for my self-care i'm gonna pull out my lightsaber and get back yeah yoda's everyone's spiritual teacher (laughs) that's cool oh so now um I divide my time between all the things that I really love to do. And uh, I would say that my focus primarily in terms of my coaching is for women who are in business. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're young in terms of in the evolution of their business. So it's not necessarily just 25-year-old young women, but um, I'm just a couple of steps further along on the path Mm -hmm. and I remember what that's like when you have a business it feels like a baby and when you have a baby job one is to make sure the baby doesn't die Mm -hmm. and so you're obsessed with keeping that business alive you're up nights you're trying to figure out the next cool thing for the baby keep the baby entertained keep people interested yeah it's 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 a very uh, challenging tightrope to walk between work and play and personal life Mm -hmm. and i don't like the idea of work-life balance because that makes it sound like there's going to be a center point Uh when everything stops and it's easy i like the concept of integration so how do you weave all the parts of your life together so that it feels like eventually you're going to get to another part of it Mm -hmm. like i i this work-life balance comes up constantly in the mother and entrepreneur sphere sphere you know and mm-hmm. anything i come across and i'm just like no 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 i'm beating it down with a stick i'm like it doesn't exist that, it's a new trigger word yeah it's work-life new, balance watch out because <laughs> I, I feel like it's a it's like a extension of perfectionism mm-hmm. right it's like the cousin of oh yeah it's it's the new um it's the new uh, measuring stick you can beat yourself with yes yes yeah exactly oh is your work-life balanced, balanced? yes oh you're not balanced yes oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, who gives you that award? Who decides you're balanced? You know what I mean? Like, it's just such an ethereal concept that just is not rooted in any sort of reality. So right. anytime I see it in like these, I'm like, back to the it doesn't exist it doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't yeah so um so yes i work with uh young entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. or young to entrepreneur entrepreneur lifestyle uh women and i help them i teach them how to set up systems 
habits, routines, and rituals that give them a stabilizing force. So from that platform, they're able to tap into their own genius, their superpowers, their intuition, and helping them figure out the piece of the puzzle that is their voice. Um, because we've had a lot of stories <laughs> that we've been told. We've taken a lot of identities. So helping them bring forth that true self, as well as if they're ready to go there, developing that divine connection. So where does that play a role in our business? Which to me, it's a huge role because, you know, we're inspired all the time. Yep. And the word inspire comes from in spirit. Mm -hmm. So to me, there's a, a divine intelligence that's dropping little ideas in your head. And it's up to you to pick them up and run with them. But mm -hmm. they're like seeds and the wind's going to blow them away. Right. right. So if you don't pick it up and run with it, all you have to do is just ask Amazon. Like, you know, I really wish I had a journal with a purple unicorn on it. You know, I'm going to make those. And then two days later, you're like, nah, I'm not going to make those. Mm -hmm. And then you look on Amazon and think someone's made one for right. you because <laughs> yeah. they got the seed they got the inspiration yeah yeah absolutely um, the other part of what I do is um, I am a community builder I'm a community keeper so I have an online group that's free because I feel like it's really important to have these vulnerable deep conversations and develop our emotional resilience and I come from a generation that had grandparents that didn't say I love you, didn't talk about feelings. Um, feelings had to go down to the basement and we had to lock them up. And as we know now, science is starting to prove that those unexplored emotions can wreak havoc in our body. They can cause illness. Um, you know, you'll hear about someone that lost their spouse and then you'll hear about them dying the next month of a heart attack. And the doctors are now saying, you know, oh, it's like she died of a broken heart. No, it's not like she died of a broken heart. She did. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so yes, it, it uh, the emotions can manifest on a physical level. And are level. you following the um, new work um, lately about like transgenerational trauma being passed down? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was like, the same. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So there are. Um, one of the modalities that I got trained in was called emotion code, mm -hmm. and it talks about the fact that emotional trauma of any sort, big T or little t, mm -hmm. is stored in our DNA. Mm -hmm. So if you think about a baby that's inside its mom and it's getting, um, you know, again, even just the eggs, mm -hmm. and mom's going through a really, really hard time, produces that baby, and then maybe that baby is also uh, around during another hard time, it's getting bathed in all of those chemicals of sadness or depression or anger or frustration shame and yeah, yes and so that is affecting the fetus and so yeah there's um there's a lot of new research coming out about that and mm -hmm. uh it's fascinating to me to think that something that happened to my great-grandmother can be affecting me mm -hmm. um and what's exciting is there are ways to heal it yeah that yep. will leave people yep. hanging yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you're not just stuck yeah you're yeah, not just stuck with the crap that your right. grandparents you're did. not responsible with what happened to you but you're responsible what you do with it correct you have the opportunity mm -hmm. the opportunity to look at it and heal it mm -hmm. um so part of what i do with the online group is we have challenges every so often um, the first one was a gratitude challenge mm -hmm. and the group went crazy and it was super active it was amazing and uh, it's not one of those groups where I'm in there every day talking to them mm -hmm. because to me, when you do that emotional work, you need some time to let it 
settle in. (laughs) So we had one in November. We just had one for Valentine's Day. So we had a love challenge. Mm -hmm. And part of that challenge was about Mm -hmm. self-love. Because that wasn't a concept that was taught to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to discuss. And then we'll have another one coming up in April, which... Uh, later, you can find out how to join my email list, and you'll find out what topic that we're working on in April. Spring cleaning is all I can say. Oh, <laughs> um, And then the other part of my work is Hearts of Healing, and this is a brand new uh, baby. baby. <laughs> it's a little nonprofit baby, which yeah. is different than a business baby, yes. um, because we're going to trust that the community is going to help us mm-hmm. raise this little baby. So I have two co-founders, Barbara Smith and Jan Kerpak, and we have come together and we all have gifts in healing. We all have gifts of um, different modalities that we work with. Mine is called Aroma Freedom, and it is for emotional healing, and it's specifically to help people that have trapped emotions, um, recurring patterns, um, grief, or limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, well, if I have a limiting belief, how do I know? I'm like, okay, so you tried to start a business, and then you couldn't. You tried to start another business, and you couldn't. You tried the third time, and then in the middle of it, you got really scared and you thought you were going to fail. So if you see that kind of pattern, that's telling me there's a limiting belief. And the limiting beliefs are stored at a subconscious level. And so it's kind of hard to get to them. It's like trying to fix your computer these days. Like you don't take the back off your computer and root around in there. You take it to a pro. Yeah. <laughs> so our subconscious uh, is it's our operating system. It's running the show. So that's where I help people tap in. And again, the therapy is done. It's a very gentle process. It's coached and guided with meditation and we're using essential oils. Um, so it's a, a really beautiful intersection of psychology, neuroscience, and aromatherapy. Okay. Because when you inhale a fragrance, it's crossing the blood brain barrier and it doesn't go through the processing center so you can't think your way around Uh, it and it helps you unlock your emotional center in your brain and that's where we basically go and explore some of that stuff in a very intentional but gentle way to kind of remodel it or to get things out that we don't need anymore that don't serve us amazing is this something um, i just have to like have you been trained in this or you mm-hmm. did this like you came up with this whole system yourself oh i, I wish i could see. take credit <laughs> oh, I, I thought you knew i was like oh, totally well i've been working with oils for about four years now i was introduced to them by a very dear friend michelle harvey who is an educator she loves all the science and mm-hmm. she loves all the woo okay so she's taught me both sides of it because cool. i'm kind of like this seems like it happened, but that sounds crazy. And then she's like, no, this is the science behind it, and this is why it's working on a cellular level. Cool. So I got introduced to this modality, and I got trained in it, and it was developed by a psychologist who had a 15-year practice uh-huh. with clients, clinical uh-huh. practice, and he'd been working with oils 15 years, uh-huh. young living oils. He started bringing them into his practice and realized magical things were happening. His clients seemed to be moving through things a little easier. Mm -hmm. So he started to document the process and figured out a process. And then now he trains people in it. Cool. So mine, just like when someone gives you a recipe, you run with the recipe for a while Uh and then you start kind of making it your own. Yeah, I'm not the only one who does. I, my yeah. husband's always like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "No, we make the recipe as it's printed <laughs> first, and then I can put in my stuff." Yeah. Yeah. So my current version of the recipe has a few extra things in it, um, because also what I've discovered is I have some type of Reiki energy 
Cool. Uh, that's coming to me naturally so that when I take clients through this process, they are supported by a divine healing energy around them. And um, I always I always invite it there. It doesn't always show up. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on what the client needs. Mm-hmm. So I see myself as a channel, mm-hmm. um, as a vessel of love and light, and I'm there to be a witness and observer to them connecting with their higher power and healing themselves. I'm not, even though I call myself a healer, I'm not really the healer. (laughs) I'm the healer observer. Yes, yes. The healer like conduit or Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it sound like I have a lot of ownership over the process or I'm a magician and I wave my wand. Um, I do not. I just receive what I'm supposed to receive for them. For them, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are the other, yeah, the other two um, Mm -hmm. modalities that are being offered and all three of these are things like, like I said, they've all come to us very uniquely and Mm -hmm. organically and we've all learned them and we're starting to grow in them. Mm -hmm. So the second one is um, Barbara Smith offers quantum healing hypnosis technique. This has been around a long time and there again is a lot of science behind how it works and she offers her sessions um, to individuals. They're, they take a little more time, but it's a meditative um, hypnosis type process where you are, again, connecting with a higher version of yourself, a higher power, and you are able to ask questions um, and hear that voice more clearly and get guidance on things that might be holding you back. Tap into your intuition. Mm-hmm things that you might need to know for the future. Um, Some people call it past life regression, so there can be that component there. Mm -hmm. It just depends on your intention and what you need in that moment. So it doesn't mean you're just gonna, you know, zoom back to caveman times and see something. Is it kind of like a meditative, wait, wait, tell me the the name of it again. It's QHHT, so Quantum Healing Hypnosis Technique. So is it kind of like a meditative hypnosis? It is. It. So she's guiding. Okay. She's, yep. she's like a guided meditation. She's a guided meditation, uh-huh. putting you in a hypnotic state. Uh-huh. And then based on your original intention of uh-huh. what you're trying to find out and heal, uh-huh. she's asking questions and it's interactive. So as she's speaking to you and you're speaking from a higher place, she's listening to that. And then she's being prompted as what to ask you or tell you or guide you. Cool. Yeah. I've had several sessions. It's really amazing and beautiful what comes out. And she records those. So you're able to go back and reintegrate it. Awesome. And then the third one is um, Jan Kerpak, and she offers crystal resonance therapy. Um, And for those of you that are not familiar with crystals, um, I would encourage you just to go and read the science of them. Because part of the way our bodies is made is we need... 90 essential nutrients Mm -hmm. that come from outside sources outside of our body Mm -hmm. 60 of those are minerals generally as a country we lack minerals Mm -hmm. in our diet we're Mm -hmm. not ingesting them as a result we have mineral deficiencies we have energy imbalances because of it and the way that jan works with the crystals it sounds kind of funny like Oh, it's going to work if you just lay a vitamin on my arm. I'm going to absorb the vitamin. Um, Well, the cool thing about crystals is, yeah, it kind of does. And I tell people, everyone's experienced this already. You've gone out hiking. You've been out in nature, right? And you felt better. Um, People have been to the beach. What do you do when you go to the beach? Sit and watch the waves and sit in the sand. Yes. Take your shoes off. 
put your feet in the sand, and what you root around the sand, you dig yes. your feet in the sand. Yes. So sand is it's got silica in it. It's a derivative of quartz. Quartz is a rebalancer. Mm-hmm. So again, we intuitively, naturally know that when we get in nature and all the elements, the minerals that nature has to offer us, it helps us rebalance and feel better. So she does this in a very intentional way. She also uses Reiki energy. Um, you're also in a meditative state. Um, someone described it to me before I went. They're like, it's like having a really great massage, but she never ever rubs a muscle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, um, again, afterwards helps you review your experience if you've had anything that's come up for you um, mentally meditatively she also kind of receives some information um, based on what crystals she ends up selecting she's guided to what's selected for you she'll give you some input about what each crystal means and so her the last part of her process again not really a a prescription but more like a summary Mm -hmm. like this is what happened and this is what it means and and then here's some opportunities. So a lot of times you can ask her, well, since that crystal was really important, do I need to buy one, hold it, meditate with it, put it under my pillow? What do I need to do? And again, she can help you with ideas, but it's up to you to decide what you want to do. What you want to do. Yeah. So we have received all of these gifts and they, we've been healed by them in our own way. And we've decided that since we're in such a place of abundance in our life, we're extremely well supported <laughs> by a great, amazing men uh-huh. who see that we want to serve and they serve us beautifully. We have um, decided to form this nonprofit and we will be offering those healing services free to the community. Um, and then if people are excited about the work, if they see the value in the work, if they're in a position to donate, awesome, tax-deductible donation. Right. If they are not in a position to donate, we are giving this freely. Yeah. We are giving it to you freely. There's no strings attached. There's no expectation that anyone ever return anything back to us, mm-hmm. money or otherwise. Um, we feel like that's part of why we're here in this community, is to help this community heal, feel better, move up, move on, level up, level up mm-hmm. and do the things they're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of see it in stages, you know, like if you're, if you're really, really sick, the first thing is, is to get back to normal. Triage. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like triage. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you want to get back to normal activities. Mm-hmm. And then as you build up stamina, then you're able to do Right. bigger things find right. your life purpose right. run a marathon yeah. and this seems to go along with this concept of the the rising tide lifts all boats mm. yes right like, absolutely uh, i'm um i've got to look back into it but somebody has told me about an organization i think it's even called rising tide mm-hmm. where it's that phenomenon of like it's we're not in competition we're not in mm-hmm. you know um a, a scarcity mindset right let's change this into a rising tide will lift all boats like yes. when we have felt um, lifted in ways, and we've been given these gifts. Is if we can give them out to others to also yeah. lift their boat. Anything I have ever done in my life that has been meaningful and transformational has been a situation where either I have given freely, mm-hmm. and then magic happens, or same thing. Others, I've had so many others who have given so freely to me, yep. and I think, oh, well, they're just helping me with this one thing. And it's, it's the start. <laughs> yeah, it's the start of something. Yeah. So we're hoping to form a collective of other healers, people that have healing arts. And we're going to, our intention is to open a facility where people could 
come and volunteer for an hour or they could volunteer for half a day. It's up to them. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to say that all these people don't need to make a living. Right. Certainly right. we right. all have financial yeah. demands. Yeah. So let's say someone's a massage therapist and they want to come and give two massages per week. Great. Right. That's perfect. You can come and do that. We'll get you scheduled with people from the community that want that service. And they are contributing to the goodness yeah. of our of our community. And like you said, it's not competition. Yeah. So Coordination. Uh, I think of, I know there's other wellness practitioners in town. I think of like Yoga San Angelo. And I even heard of another wellness center that might be opening. Oh, cool. And it's for profit. And so someone was asking me, they're like, well, why, why are there going to be two wellness centers? Why are you doing yours nonprofit versus theirs? And I said, we're not versus. Yeah. <laughs> we're in collaboration. I said, there's some of us that are in the position to give freely. And there's some of us that need you know, to create an income. And I said, I see them coming over and giving some, doing some pro bono and then people getting exposure to their great services. And so when they are in a position to quote unquote, hire a healer, then they're like, oh yeah, I had a great massage over at Hearts of Healing Center with this woman and she's amazing. And now that I have a new job, I'm going to start going to her each month because I need Mm self-care. So we see the two of them dovetailing together and working. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So where can everybody find you and all these services? Like, let's get your you know, <laughs> capture note cards, you know, <laughs> or the other note cards that have all your, you know, everybody call, I mean, call it the baseball card, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Where, you know, baseball card stats. You know, that's true, because yes. business cards these days do look like um, baseball cards. cards. You got a picture and all the stats. Yes. Totally. Yes. Yep. Totally. Um, they can definitely find me online. Mm-hmm. So my website is www.lara, L-A-U-R-A, wall, W-A-L-L, dot U-S, as in us. <laughs> um That's my website that you can find me and the different things I offer, because I do offer um day retreats and workshops and I've got a big Costa Rica retreat coming up next year so that's me working as a coach in a professional capacity and then we will be also um, building a website specifically for Hearts of Healing Um, in the interim you can also find Hearts of Healing Center on Instagram okay cool and I'll be announcing when the website is live and then I'm also on Instagram at laurawall.us And then if you just look up Laura Wall Coaching on Facebook, I do have a business Facebook page, which I kind of feel like it's a billboard on like a, an old highway. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe three or four cars drive by, but it does feel like a business card. So if, if people are right. looking for a place to get all the deets, yep. my phone number and email. And, and again, if they forget everything and they just remember Laura Wall Coaching, that's a good place for them to start on Facebook. And I'll have um, more information about the things that I'm offering. I've got a workshop coming up in San Angelo on April 3rd, and it's going to be called Make a Wish. Oh. <laughs> I'm partnering with Misty Barron, who does laughter yoga. Super joyful woman. I've never heard of this? Uh, anyway, okay. She's super joyful. And we are going to come together to talk about the power of positive thinking. And we're going to um, teach people some tools that they can actually apply in their life about how to um, develop their ability to attract more of what they want in their life and enjoy more of what they have in their life. So a little bit of law of attraction uh, studies there. All right. Fun. 
I love always this fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> Laughter yoga, really. Yeah. I never, never put those words together in my mind. Like, yeah. duh, of course. <laughs> I actually, you know, I have a yoga teacher from Marfa, Monica. If anybody else is listening to this and goes to class with Monica, I mean, she would be a laughter yoga person, but doesn't even realize it. Like, yeah. oh, she has the best laugh. She's this little woman in a big voice, and, mm-hmm. and she's always laughing. Mm-hmm. And she's either, you know, tired or had too much coffee, and she's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. So when you use your throat for uh-huh. something enjoyable, so singing or laughing, mm-hmm. it's really, really hard to be pissed off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so part of what it does energetically is it does release some of that yeah. um, trapped emotion, you know, and again, it helps kind of shift your mood, elevate right. your mood and get you to a better place. So. Yeah, so whether it's, you know, laughter yoga or watching an SNL clip yeah. uh, or singing in your car, those are... It's healing. Uh-huh, yeah. healing. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time today and letting me come to your home and sit here and hear your story. And this is, you know, this has been my mission is to share stories like this to remind people that maybe further back in their in their journey, you know, that there's purpose to this. Mm. You know what I mean? You're going to come out the other end of this in a place you might not even imagine. Yeah, I think once you go through one of these really deep transitions of pain and suffering to joy, I think it's it's really good. It's almost like getting a tattoo. You know, it becomes something that's very tangible to you, something very visible to you, and it is it's a great reminder when you do go through those other transitions, whether they're deep or shallow, you know, this too shall pass or I've been through something really really tougher than this. I can get to the other side and and even reminding yourself, you know, it's a it's an outward sign and kind of knowing, yeah, there's going to be something good coming because that's yeah. the history. That's yep. the promise. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, resiliency in action. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Oh, I've enjoyed having you. this conversation that's and I appreciate good. the listeners out there. Yes. And I hope you'll come find me at laurawall.us online. Yes. And I, I always forget to do myself. <laughs> I... <laughs> Like, where can we find you Jesse right. well, tell me about your well, you baseball know I, card you know what I started doing is I, I put like a label on my computer so I'm normally in front of my computer that was like share at the end oh right <laughs> me everything on my social medias is under LaJoy Society which is L-A-J-O-I-E Society so and Instagram and Facebook and the website is also LaJoySociety.com did you know that was my maiden name you told me yeah. perfect yeah, yeah it's so it was like when the time came to name this project I was like glaringly obvious it's mm-hmm. like LaJoy like good lord like, the, <laughs> here's the name you know <laughs> so everything is uh, LaJoy Society and I will see you all or I won't see you all I won't see anybody <laughs> but you'll hear from me again next week and thank you Laura Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense have felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit. A story that was meant to be
mistaken choices made Cards left on tables and cards played And no one knows How will it go? Questions burning in the mind Answers may not be there to find And no one knows How should it be? So paint the pictures Just waiting to see